0: Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everybody. It's uh, time to chat via the Diary of a Cartoonist interface. Uh, Been a little while, so I thought I'd uh, pop in with a... An attempt to talk to you about stuff, right? Right. Uh, a lot going on, so this probably won't be very lengthy. Um, you may imagine I've got a few things going on right now. But um, so it's it's post-Thanksgiving and it's early, uh, early Christmas, you know, or we're getting ready for Christmas anyway. And one of the things I've run into during this uh, break, this previous break, was um, coming to find out, you know, we have a very, very, let me start over, we have a very open relationship with our kids, very um, honest and straight up, and part of that is, you know, we're not ignorant, so we know what's going on in their lives, and we pay attention to, uh what they're doing specifically but also just sort of trends or what kids are into um you know we're still fairly up on what music is hot right now and why and uh you know listening to a lot of it ourselves i feel like it's a t- i don't even know i don't even know how it compares when i was growing up my i had no connection that way to my parents i didn't they didn't like anything i was into and i didn't like anything they were into but in our house we're all watching bobs burgers or we're all listening to the latest dead mouse album or we're all going to see avengers or whatever it may be right and i remember as a kid there was a lot less of that going on a lot of sort of this is what i'm into and my parents have no idea why i'm into it um i think what it is is I just stayed into what I was into, and as it turns out, as an adult, if you're really into stuff like what I'm into, it's the same stuff that kids are into, if that makes sense. Oh, that's my phone ringing. You hear that? Let's see who it is. Hello? Hey, it's Scott Hurston, Kenmore, Washington, still. Uh, yes, that is his new address. He lives in, uh, Washington state now. Okay. Just to make sure I had that right, because I knew he moved not that long ago. Yeah, he was in Texas before, and then he moved. Right. Cool. Did you know he was in my sister's city there, Little Elm? No, I didn't know that. Oh, you mean in That's Texas? Clear? No, in Texas I knew that, yes. Okay. But was... John Keeper at Crispy Gamer, is that still in Florida? Uh, I think he's still in Florida, but he's not a Crispy Gamer anymore. Dress, but not Gamer. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't moved. He's he just, Harry? uh, I don't know. Just him. Never asked. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Bye. Kim is doing Christmas cards and, uh, there are a few people on that list with weird addresses. So there you have it. Anyway, um, back to my point. So I don't know why I'm over explaining this, but we're, we're really we, we try to be, a, you know, we always kind of know what's going on. We're not parents who don't get Facebook or get the Internet or understand YouTube or, you know. These are all easy stuff. This is stuff we know. So we don't struggle with that. We don't go. We don't think the Internet's a big, scary place for our kids because we know. We know as much about it as, and we know more about it than they do. So we're ahead of the curve. And so you really can't bump up in it up against anything that we're not prepared for. So just an easy, uh, that part of it's easy for us. What's difficult for me. This is the, this is probably the hardest thing I have to deal with. And that is this, um, Nicholas is basically me. He's a mirror image of me in almost every way. He's going through a, just a wicked, crazy growth spurt. He's 12 now. Um, so you know he's, his emotions are all over the freaking place. So there's that going on, which is just normal, and you deal with it. And I've had two girls pass through that age, and I get it. You know, it's manageable. You can deal with it. The hard thing with him is he has the same sort of abject hatred of school that I had at his age. Um, I don't still have that hatred. I kind of, I'm, I kind of don't love how. Dismissive, I was of school while I was in it, specifically junior high and high school. When I went to college, I had to pay for it, and that made all the difference. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly I had all A's. It was crazy. Um, but in junior high, I couldn't stand it, and I hated homework, and I did anything I could to get out of it, and I procrastinated and everything, and I would forget stuff, and I had no organizational skills, so I would jam a piece of paper, sort of half wadded up into my backpack, and think, well, I'll just deal with it later, and then I would forget, and there would be this smashed, pulverized piece of paper at the bottom of the bag that was important and due, and I, and I wouldn't turn it in or even do the work that needed to be done and my parents just didn't know what to do they just pull their hair out like we don't know what to do like we don't know how to help get past all this and I think in the 80s there was probably a we we knew less about well maybe I don't maybe we still don't know much but I think we knew less about kids and how their brains worked and I think there was a time where my parents wondered if I was just dumb um but I tested really well right so in actual aptitude testing I did I was really strong and specifically very strong in three areas I was really strong in in the arts very strong in science and history and that kind of stuff um where I was terrible was math because it's freaking boring and um you think science would be worse because math and science are so tied together but I, I really excelled in science can't remember the other one I was bad at though yeah whatever but, you know, I, I tested really high in everything else, really, and probably would have in math if I gave two craps about it. But as a result, they were just com- they were confounded. They didn't understand why I could test well, but do so poorly in my grades and just getting the work done and turning it in. And, you know, my sisters were killing it. You know, my sister, Wendy, was perfect grades and... AP classes and only AP class I ever had was an art class so but all my my sisters all had A B classes and they were getting college credit in high school they were getting 4.0s and I'm you know getting by with like a 2.1 for a while there I think it may have even gone lower for a little bit get to my senior year in high school and finally starting to shape up a little bit but you know kind of graduated by the skin of my teeth if you really want to look at the the math of that that's some math I could understand so knowing this about me, and I matured past that and, like I said, did did well on, on uh, during my college time in terms of grades and stuff and started taking it seriously. And now I'm a big believer in education in general. Um, but there was a pattern during my time, which was this. If I had a good teacher in whatever the subject may be, doesn't matter what, let's say it was reading or English or whatever, I uh, did really well. Um, and by good teachers, I don't mean just people who knew the stuff and knew the curriculum. I mean teachers who understood me and under who got me. Uh, teachers who knew that part of the deal was I was probably going to doodle in my math homework, and that that was okay. That that wasn't a thing uh, that threw up a red flag. That if anything, that that showed you know an additional level of comprehension or creativity or whatever. And that the classes where I really stuck stunk it up were the ones. Where the teacher saw no value in any of that, who uh you know would just just think I was a slacker or just thought I was you know not applying myself or whatever, but the mentality I had as a kid, just the way I was wired, I just wasn't wired for structured mundane tasks like reading a chapter and doing a report and doing my homework and filling out problems like that. That stuff just was, has never, it's still to this day. It's just not my, it's just not my ball of wax. Um, and, uh, I'm finding that Nick is basically that kid. <laughs> At least he appears to be. And, for the first time in a long time, I find myself in this really interesting crossroads where I'm having to parent and be the one in authority and try to to make some things happen so that his grades don't suck. And I find myself being or, or being tempted to be that adult that used to drive me away when I was younger, the adults who would, you know, pound it into me. You can do this. You're smart. You're smarter than this. Why can't you do this? That kind of thing, which isn't really that never really got to the core of why I struggled with school. And I don't want to do that with him because I feel but I but I feel that adult in me trying to say those things. But I hear the 12 year old in me going, no, wait a minute, you've been here, you've done this and you know how this feels. And it's hard, man. It's really hard because on the one end, I can sit down with him, put my arm around him and say, look, dude. And he's been in tears, you know, over this just trying to figure it out and he's, you know, he's got a million excuses why it doesn't work, but I don't think any of them are probably accurate. And I'm not sure he even understands why he feels this way about, about this stuff any more than I did at his age. Um, But he just, you know, he, he gets, he gets suckered into the, what's happening in the tree outside the window. Those things are more important to him than what's happening on the page in front of him and uh so we've had we've been having these long conversations and trying to come up with with tricks and tips and stuff to help him get over this hump or at least get some handle on his work and um also at the same time trying to avoid some of the pitfalls that that I ran into but it's hard i see those pitfalls come and they kind of I, i'm starting to realize that they're going to just happen you know like these are going to these things are going to be rough no matter no matter what our approach is. And, um, I don't exactly know how, how this is going to go or how, how we're going to do it. Uh, I do think coming to it with my perspective, knowing what I know and feel about that sort of stuff will help here. I think that, that, that should help. And to be able to sit down, like I was saying, put my arm around him and say, dude, I know how you feel and have him really, you know, and really convince him that I really, truly do. I really, I was there. I know what this feels like. Every emotion he's going through, I went through. And I didn't necessarily, I mean, I had great parents, but I didn't necessarily have the same understanding of this that I do of him. At least I don't think so. My mom always did well in school. My dad was fine in school. I think this is just the kind of thing that unless you really understand how it feels, you don't really know. And... That it isn't a learning deficit or a cognitive problem or any of this. He learns just fine. He's extremely well-spoken. He knows his stuff. He can read and write. and I mean, all the stuff you need to do and know he does at a, at above grade level. It isn't that. So, again, testing well, right? But he just gets bored. Like, it's just boring. It's not challenging him. It doesn't make him feel like he's accomplishing anything. And society says, well, you need to crack down and, you know, give him the business, make him, make him do everything, ground him from everything and tell he gets his grades up and all that kind of stuff. And a part of me says, yeah, you need to do that. And there is a place for that. You know, there's a place for me. There's a place for me saying, hey, you know, that new Minecraft server I got for you that you're running. uh, You can't play on that until you're totally caught up. There is a there is a place for that. But I'm trying to use those tools sparingly because what I would rather do is have him figure out what he is or what he wants to be, which maybe is the same thing. But, you know, figure that out. It took me a lot longer to figure that out because I didn't have people helping me understand it was okay to explore that or it was okay to not be sure. Um, Instead, everybody seemed shocked when I was growing up that I didn't have everything all figured out all the time. I'm sure a lot of kids felt this way. I'm sure a lot of you felt this way. Um, but I, I just want so badly for him to, it's less important for me to take, for him to take charge of his math homework than it is for him to take charge of his ability to decide what he wants to do and how something like getting good grades in math might help him do that. You know, so if he, he's expressed interest in the past of doing things with film or programming or art or whatever, and I've tried to explain to him that as shocking as it seems, algebra and math and, and these things actually can help in a lot of those, those things, maybe in some real basic ways in certain circumstances, but whatever, these things are, there are, there is value in learning things that you don't necessarily love while you're learning them, but. They pay off and, you know, over time trying to explain this to a 12 year old is, is hard, you know, especially coming from somebody who knows how he feels, but also somebody who now really values education. And I, and I really do, I think it's really important for my kids to, to reach as far as they can. I'm not interested in them getting degrees for getting degrees sake. I'm interested in them learning and expanding and opening their minds and, uh, enlightening themselves, you know? But moreover, doing it for them, not for somebody else, not doing it because it's expected of them, but doing it because they desire it or they want it. And that's hard because he doesn't know he doesn't see the value in geometry. Why would he? He's 12. But then, you know, I'll see him struggle with something like that, but then I'll see him pumping command lines into his his Minecraft server and quite literally using geometry to build entire worlds. <laughs> um, it's ironic, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird cross. So I don't know. It's just something I'm struggling with. i got to figure it out. I've got to figure out my, the best role for me to take in this so that it's, it's measured and not, um, you know, I don't want to be the reason he quits anything. I want to be the reason he's inspired to do something. And, uh, it's just a finer line than people think. I mean, it's incredible, incredibly rewarding. Sometimes I do these diary episodes about parental stuff and I realize, well, it's probably, you know, people without kids are probably going, I don't have kids. I don't have to deal with that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to make this sound like it's a burden because it isn't it's an amazing experience there's still nothing compared to what to raising these kids i haven't done anything in my life that even comes close to the satisfaction and sort of the joy i get out of this um so even when things are frustrating and hard like this uh there's there's light at the end of that tunnel and the trip through the tunnel isn't misery it's a lot of really great times and laughter and fun and and uh you know, cementing relationships that will just sort of be there forever. And Nick, Nick and I are really close, and I don't ever want that to go away. He's really close to his mom, too. Um, so when he struggles with these things, I think it's important that we maintain that closeness, but also figure out what the balance is between his his freedom to sort of choose and, and act versus the need he that he truly has, whether he knows it or not, to learn this stuff. And to apply himself and to build his social skills when dealing with teachers and adults, and you know, all these things contribute to him as a human being. So, no, it's all very, all very tricky stuff. No magic. There's no magic. There's no secret weapon. There's no, there's no book you can buy that'll solve it all. Somebody once suggested I do a, a parenting book and illustrate it. And I said, really? And I said, yeah, you're always talking about this parenting stuff. It'd be great. And and my answer to that is, well, I, parenting books that sell are ones that promise things that people usually can't have. (laughs) They, they, they give them the expectation of some greater, greener pasture that, that is actually either not, not possible to reach or very unlikely and improbable. So my book, my book would be boring. My book would be a lot of, even handed middle of the road sort of advice. Like make sure you tell them you love them all, you know, as often as you can, uh, be smile more than you frown. (laughs) Um, change those diapers with a smile. Uh, have a lot of video games. So all their, your kids, friends want to come to your house. You can keep an eye on everybody, (laughs) you know, I mean, someone asked me. I can't remember when this was. Someone asked me not too long ago what they think my secret to parenting is, as if I have one. Um, and I basically said that I don't find it. I don't think you need a secret as long as one thing's in place. And It's not a secret. That the trick, the trick is, the only trick is, if you really, really care about, really love your children, then this is easy. It's easy. Because even the hard stuff is easier because you care. If these are people you didn't care about, people that just rubbed you wrong. I mean, you meet a guy in a bus stop and he's rude to you. Well, you don't have to see him again. You run into an old friend from high school at the mall and it's awkward. Well, you probably don't have to see them again either. You don't have anything invested in that other than some nostalgic memory of high school. But when you've got your own kid involved and they can be as mean and say terrible things to you as they want, but you still really care about them and this makes it easier to want to do whatever you whatever you have to do. And and all I'm saying is my the thing I've maintained through through answering that question and talking about this period is that they know this. So even at the worst of times when it seems like your kids just don't like you anymore, and I, I haven't run into this yet, really. But if I do, I'll know that deep down, like even when, like my daughter will get mad at me sometimes and, you know, I'll tease her or something just to try to get over and then she'll get madder at me because I'm not taking it seriously or whatever. But I know in those moments of anger where she's mad at me, she doesn't, she's not really mad at me. You know, she knows how I, how I feel. She knows how we, you know, that we'd do anything for her. And as long as that's true, as long as all that holds up, everything else sort of works out you know I mean it's the worst thing that could happen like I don't understand these stories of families where like a son comes to his dad and says I'm gay I've been gay for years I'm telling you now I'm gay and the dad just kicking him out and disowning them what world do they live in what place what place would a father exist where his love is contingent upon something like that I don't understand that at all Um, you know, or a family where a daughter comes home pregnant and the mother kicks him out of the house or something. How could, how, how do you do that? How do you, how do you justify that as a, as a parent, maybe somebody listening to this right now has done this and I'm not here to offend you, but I'd love to know why you can do that. How can you do that? I can't even imagine it. Nick would have to come home. (laughs) you would have to come home with a gun pointed at me for me to kick him out. <laughs> you know, I guess then maybe, but. I'm prepared for anything, man, you know, and we're and, and you know, not that those things are easy. And I don't care how open minded you are or how accepting you are. If your kid comes home in a culture that is still rife with uh, derogatory sentiment toward a certain lifestyle. If they came home and said, Dad, I'm gay. You're still going to be like, oh, man, I really wish this wouldn't happen because now he's going to be subject to all sorts of torture the rest of his life from people who are jerks. But, you know, that's, not, that's different than rejecting your son because of his choice. I suspect I'm in no fear of that. Nick's already got his eye on some girl. <laughs> so we will not have to deal with that backlash, but, you know, You know, there's some talking to my daughter, Taylor, about stuff. We've got a bunch of stuff going on there. Carter's got her own set of, you know, life's challenges. It's just the way it is. And I wouldn't change any of it, you know, because there will come a day where I'm going to be a rusty old fart and uh, I'm going to have little grandkids around and they're going to get spoiled every time they come near me. And uh, we're gonna we're going to be the party house, I'm telling you. It's going to be where all the little kids come and never want to leave. And I'm not going to get into that business of worrying, you know, judging my kids because of their choices or their, where they've decided to move or what job they decided to take or whether or not they're raising their kids the way I would, or I'm not getting wrapped up in that crap. You're going to see this old white wrinkly man (laughs) just stoked to hang out with grandkids and feeding them too much junk and, letting them stay up way too late watching movies and eating way too much popcorn and fishing too long or whatever we're going to do, you know? And that's really important to me because it just is. I won't get into reasons why, but I think it's important and my kids will know when they're adults, they're going to remember they're not going to remember that Ew, algebra sucked. They're going to remember, oh, man, dad really made me feel better about algebra back then. I remember that. I remember feeling it. I don't remember the exact conversation, but I remember how I felt. That's all I need. That's all I need as a dad is for my kids to remember those things. Anyway, enough of this jibber-jabber. Um, it's going to do it, I think, for today's uh, today's episode. Hope you guys are having a good holiday season. Get closer to Christmas. I have to admit I'm I'm a sucker for Christmas music during the holiday. I know people complain. It's like it's barely Thanksgiving and already everybody's listening to Christmas music and decorating and stuff. And I say, well, poo-poo on you because I'm, I'm a big, huge, fat sucker for this. And um, I love Christmas. So decorate away, music all day. Let's do this. To make this the, the merry merriment it was meant to be. Um, should have one or more, one or two more of these before Christmas. So, expect more of these episodes. There's a lot going on on the network right now, which you can uh, follow at your leisure at uh, frogpants.com. All of it's there, and of course, this uh, this episode of the show being posted on myextralife.com, where there's always a comic every week. So, you can go check that out. Things continue to do well there. Um, that's it. I think that's it. Hope everyone's having a good time. You got any questions or comments, thoughts, uh, feelings about today's episode? Send your emails. Myextralife at gmail.com. That's myextralife at gmail.com. And I would be happy to uh, respond or talk about it on the show or whatever. Anyway, have a good one, you guys, and we'll talk to you later. I'm going to have a burrito today. Yeah. <laughs>